everyone and thank you so very much for joining me on another episode of Talking Cloud. Now, you know, this is where we talk about cloud, all things cloud, anything cloud, no holds barred. But come on, name me something in the world of technology today that doesn't involve cloud. I, I mean, it is ubiquitous, so pervasive, and it it's really what makes it so great to have this program because it's wide open on who we get to talk with. But, you know, I've said this many times, I am no expert. I am the Gilligan on this ship, but I really am able to find the experts and the people that have the smarts and the experience and long tenure and do amazing things. People that, you know, I would argue have had influence on this industry and boy today is definitely one of those episodes i'm so jazzed so listen to this guy i'll reveal it. it's a man um i mean first of all what's unique is uh that he obviously is here now but went to high school in, uh, in jakarta it appears then was at george mason university uh, bs with distinction in engineering goes on to cornell PhD electrical engineering and I know that's not the perseverance hard work and determination PhD that's pretty impressive so then off he goes to manage the multimedia systems for IBM uh, Watson Research Center then CTO and co-founder now, if anybody's been in this business for 20 years like I have, and I know he has, and then some, and even less, you've heard of this company, Tipping Point. Yeah, co-founder. Uh, then, of course, uh, 3Com, CTO there, uh, went on, founded Click Security, six and a half years. Then uh, Alert Logic. Then... I love this one. Uh, his role was me, and he was at chief sabbatical officer. So good for him, taking a little bit of time for himself. But I know what happened. Can't do that forever. And now he is the founder and CEO of Spiderbat. And I have no idea what Spiderbat is. I'm really eager to hear about it. Pretty excited to have a chance to talk with Mark Willebeck Lemaire. Mark, did I say that right? You got it. Awesome. Man, thank you very much for being on uh, Talking Cloud. This is going to be awesome. Now, look, I just went through and I read a menu from uh, uh, your amazing background. I'm going to let you give the Z-axis, kind of just talk about, you know, how you went from uh, Jakarta High School to, uh, well, now at Spider-Bat, but founding uh, Tipping Point. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Let's, let's hear about it. <laughs> 
Well, first of all, Grant, thank you so much for having me on. It's a, it's a real honor. It's a real pleasure too. Um, yeah, I've, I've got a, a very um, international and uh, fortunate background. I, I grew up overseas mostly as, as a kid, um, South America to begin with. My dad was in the Foreign Service. Uh, went to three high schools on three continents. Wow. You know, freshman year was in Peru, Lima, Peru, then uh, came to the U.S. for a year and then uh, to Jakarta uh, wow. in, before coming back to the U.S. finally to go, you know, to college. So that was, you know, an incredible experience, as, as you can imagine. Um, and then, um, you know, going to IBM as my first real job, uh, I, again, a, a extremely international uh, group at um, at Watson. Uh, I got to believe they also really liked you be because of your... Uh, international exposure and experience in those highly formidable years. I mean, I have to tell you, I've had the wonderful pleasure, not to interrupt you here, Mark, but to go to like some 46 different countries in my business career, and there's not a single thing I would advocate more for for education than international travel. Wow. So, and so I could just only imagine what an impact it has had and I suspect continues to have on you today. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Uh, you're, now you're into college back at the U.S. Continue. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're at IBM. That's right. You know, and, and so IBM was a phenomenal experience, great place to start your career. Um, and, and what happened there was it was very interesting for me because it was a time in the company where um, they came to the realization that the world was not always just going to be a mainframe. And there was a call to, to, to arms uh, across the company when Lou Gerstner came in that we need to all, you know, all hands on deck. Let's help this ship um you know, get get back on, on the right track. And was that when IBM shifted to Linux or or around that? I mean, I remember that was a significant pivotal move for them. Is that around the same era? That exactly right. And and boy, we could spend a whole you know a session just talking about that. Um, but the interesting thing was that the research division was sort of caught between here and there, and a lot of folks left to go to academia. But um, I, I loved the challenge of thinking, how can I actually impact the business, build something that matters, right? And so I got into that, and I got a little taste of what it you know means to build something that goes into the real world and customer use and, and just a little taste, and it was enough for me to get the bug, right? So the first opportunity that, that came along after that to go and join the startup world um, was tempting, right? And, I, and I, it was a little scary, but I, but I took it, right? And that brought me into the whole tipping point experience. And so... Um, Talk about tipping point. How did you come upon it? And I mean, if you don't mind, I just think that'd be real interesting as you... Clearly, you got the bug for that entrepreneurial go and build your own mountain. Yeah. But, you know, where'd the idea come from and, and you know, the use case that really kind of had the hook? I'm, I'm eager to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So, 
gosh, you know, Tipping Point was one of those companies. Um, there's a little back history I'm going to speak to very briefly. We started out as a different company. It was called NetPliance. It was a, you know, uh, countertop, kitchen countertop appliance. Looked a lot like an iPad, by the way. Uh, probably about 10 years ahead of his time. <clears throat> Took the company public in a year, and then the market crashed. It was that same week that we went public. And out of that, Okay, we had to make some really tough decisions, and um, we decided to completely revector the company, and out of that emerged Tipping Point, the security company. Um, and so, you know, what we envision, and this is, I think, a, a, a hallmark of, the, of, you know, the journey I've had at IBM Research. The great opportunity we had in that division was imagine it, imagine it, and then try to, you know, make it happen. And that, surrounded by some of the smartest, you know, people in the world, was has been a luxury of mine throughout my career. Um, and so we started with the same sort of, you know, approach. You know, what if you could? And in, and that was the era of intrusion detection systems, where you would sit as a, on a span port and and detect something and then alert somebody. Hey, you know, your house is on fire. <laughs> and we and if I'm thought, in Hawaii. <laughs> There's nothing I'm going to be able to do about it, right? Right. What if you could put the box in line and actually detect at wire speed uh, something bad happening and block it before it got to your house, right? And so that was a crazy idea at the time. Um, and so we had to pioneer this new space, uh, uh, you know, along a I lot of you know, right? kind of skepticism right um, I mean is that it turned into instead of ID it was IP you were saying we're intrusion prevention exactly I exactly. remember and, I remember so, you know it started out very skeptical and and it, you know you know our industry I mean we, sure. we to over everybody freaks out if they say mark <laughs> wait a minute is this in line yeah exactly and, and the minute you say that you know, it's like it's off until you can really prove you've got the resiliency, right? The HA figured out the fail in the proper mode. If God forbid it fails, it doesn't fail. Close all, right? I mean, all those things really matter. I bet, huh? Absolutely. And so, you know, I was the CTO of that of that team and we would have a networking expertise, a security expertise, a software expertise and a hardware expertise mm -hmm. and bringing all four of those contingents together, sometimes with uh, a little tension, it, to put it. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> tension. We, I was thinking friction, <laughs> uh, but, you know, just sometimes there was probably downright locked horns, huh? Yeah, you know, but we built this amazing product, um, and the journey, of course, is always you know measured in the in the result. And I always love people coming to me and saying, "Oh yeah, you guys up and to the right," you know. And it's like, yeah, let me tell you the real story, you know. And it was it was tricky going, um, and and just you know the market pressures of actually putting a box in line. But when they, you know, the customer would see it in action, especially when a lot of these worms hit. That was the era of the worms, right? Mm -hmm. um, Boy, was that thing valuable. And wow. so, you know, the rest was history. Um, bought by 3Com. Right. And um, that then I became the, the CTO of, of 3Com. Uh, I lasted four years. Um, wow. That's a, that's a tenure. I mean, it, it was a long tenure. There was a lot of things potentially going to happen along the way. But, 
you know, I'm a startup guy. Uh, and at the end of the day, that's what I really love doing. And so um, branched out um, and started another company called uh, Click Security. And Click, you can think of, it's such a natural evolution. The, the tipping point inline box was everything about the network and packets mm-hmm. in the network. And what all can you see in the network and what can you do about it? But, you know, obviously there were a number of things that you can't address just by having a box in the network with just the context of what you see in the network. So we thought, well, what if we could get more data, different data, diverse data, and bring that all together? Uh, Think XDR. (laughs) So we were early in in that sense, and we did our best um, to build a better picture for the security analysts. Now sort of envisioning, rather than just preventing and blocking, stuff is going to get through. What do you do about it when it does and how soon can you react to it? Right. That company um, was, a, was a fun journey. We built a very nice user interface, eventually ended up getting acquired uh, by Alert Logic. And, and then, you know, at Alert Logic, seeing these, these analysts do their job um, for, you know, thousands of customers, it was really a moment where, again, you have this light bulb that says, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. And as you pointed out, uh, eventually left Alert Logic, and it took a little bit of time off. I'm a, I'm a big, um, uh, you know, advocate of that for anyone. By the way, um, you recharge your batteries, you get a chance to think about things, and that brought us, you know, and I and I have to share that I've had a co-founder with me through this whole journey, um, Brian Smith, our CTO here at Spiderbat, about as brilliant as they get. And so he and I, again, started brainstorming, um, have our coffee, you know, meetings. And um, we started, again, imagining what if we could do it differently, right, for this poor analyst. And, you know, the, the idea there is if I could record all the activity that's happening on all these systems and essentially build the equivalent of think of like a Google map a living, breathing map of everything happening on this system, going across systems, how valuable would that be? If I can then fuse onto that any kind of information I want, right? Security information, you know, just configuration information, anything that that is otherwise, you know, useful. But now I've got this map, this foundational piece. If you could do that. Are you, let me just make sure I understand. So you're saying basically, you know, I got a screen over the pipe and I'm 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 looking at everything and from that everything I'm composing a map that I then can go back and say I don't want to but I want to see more of let's drill into this is that kind of right you're you're right and so you're thinking of the think of this map as this living, breathing thing, because it's a real, t- it's never, it's never static, right? It's it changing is. all the time. Anybody, somebody types something on a computer, there's another road on the map, so to speak. Yes. Um, and it's, so it's this, it's this causally connected graph. And causally connected is really important because it's a notion of this process caused this process, caused this connection, caused this file to be downloaded, caused this file to be executed. That map, right? Mm. And if you have that map, it's not correlation. This is causation. Right. right? That's um, completely different. Which is a very different thing. And, and you know, a lot of people understand it in all sorts of, you know, forms of, of, of life. But causation 
And then I have the security information that I map to that. I fuse it onto here. And I'm doing this real time. Mm. Can I do that was the first question. Right. So, of course, you know, Brian. Of course you can. With his skills, gets gets busy and, you know, he goes, builds this thing. Wow. And so there's a couple of really critical components technically that you need in order to have that. The first is this very high speed, very scalable backend stream processing engine. Mm-hmm. Because you're computing a lot of data and you're mapped together in real time. But you know, we had been working on these stream processing, in particular, Brian. I say we sometimes I, I, I give myself more credit, but he built this this back end and proved that we could do it. The second piece you need, and this one is kind of like the inline box, right? Because People go, oh, you have an agent? Well, yeah, we do have an agent. And and here's the deal. If you start with that end picture in mind, that what we call universal trace or Google map in quotes, mm-hmm. right? if you want to build that universal trace and work backwards, okay, so what analytics do I need to piece that together? And what data specifically do I need to feed those analytics? You arrive at an agent. And believe you me, when we try doing this at Click with just log data, Mm -hmm. you couldn't do it. The data is not there. And people have been trying to do this for a decade or more. Mm -hmm. You know, even from the early days of Sim, it was like, I'm going to get all this data and and, and create and paint this picture. And today you've got a bunch of XDR companies that are trying the same thing again. It's the big data lake, and then I'm going to run all these machine learning algorithms and AI against it, and I'll, and I'll figure it out, right? Yeah. I'm just saying good luck because it's, it's just you need the right data. And, and a couple things happen where why, you know, why us, why now, right? And part of it is you've got these super high-speed back-end systems. We you know, uh, leverage a lot of the AWS um, infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And then in the in the agent, there's this emergence of this new EBPF, um, extended Berkeley uh, um, Berkeley packet filter technology that's now in all the modern Linux operating systems. What's it called? EBPF. 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 Yeah. And it stands for extended Berkeley packet filters. And so it's an extension to the to the kernel, right? That allows you to run really efficient little programs yeah. to capture the data that you want. It, and so and we let in the, and, and, and that's in the agent. That's in the agent. Okay. So that's, well, the agent leverages that, right? So that's in the, Interesting. okay. Gotcha. 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 You got this, you got this little rocket ship cog, if you will, or wheel that can just spew exactly the data yeah, we want. Yeah, and so yeah, it turns yeah. out to be a lot more efficient than people think because we're not just grabbing any data and all data. We're grabbing the exact data we need. And you're not boiling the ocean. That's right. We're building this universal trace, right? And at along, you know, the same, you know, lines, now we're, we've got some very interesting information that we're gathering. We can also produce very specific and very accurate security information. Where do the agents, Mark, where, where, where do the agents go? Where's the so, agents? So the agent runs on every endpoint that we protect. And our focus has been Linux runtime security. So we're talking about the Linux, basically think of the back end, the server environment. This is not your, your, your Microsoft um, endpoint. Um, 
which is where your the goods are, right? That's where all the valuable data is. That's where the cloud is. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's why bad guys, uh, are, when they try to get to me on this computer, right, my handheld supercomputer, my laptop, they're not trying to get to me. Yeah. They're not trying to get to anything I have, right? It's right. what I'm connected to. Exactly. And so, you know, that's been our focus as as Spider Bat is how do I now the, what what's what's the the purpose of all this, right? Well, we shift this. Think of it as this this kind of risk cost curve for the CISO, um, where they're moving fast. The cloud is you know an environment where if there was one thing, it's about change, right? You're constantly dropping new code. It's a very different environment than in the old days of, of tipping point where we'd have a change window once every six months. Remember those good old days? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're coming out with a new version next month, three months. You know, oh my God, those worlds. I mean, now you have three releases in a day. It's right. Every six minutes, we got to change something. So, you know, it's a very different, highly dynamic environment. And so imagine the world now to protect that. And and so a lot of security has been focused on, I would think, of, I call it the, the, the pre-runtime, you know, the prevention side of it. Let me make sure there's no vulnerabilities. Let me have everything configured properly. But now we go to runtime. OK, and that's showtime. Right. And now what? Yeah. And so the, the, there's no illusion anymore that, well, it's, you know, we wrote perfect code and there's no vulnerability. So we're not going to have a problem. I'm sorry to tell you that that's never going to be the case. And so we protect those systems. This is the operations, you know. Right. Right. So I'm curious, uh, it, very interesting. And you say that the agent is on the server side, infrastructure side. So it's not something I got to push out to all of my users and all my laptops. Cool. Correct. What's the footprint size? Is it a SaaS where you take care of it all and you're, you know, it's basically let me sign up. And, and from that point forward, they just get the benefit Exactly right. It's a SaaS model, which is also the modern. We're, we're, we're a cloud company. We, yep. we eat our own dog food, all yep. that stuff. Um, but yeah, so in, in, you know, we're at this point where we have made it so easy to install. It's a tiny footprint and it takes less than, you know, 1% of the CPU. Um, the amount of, mm. you know, data it sends up is a lot less than people think. All of this, I will say right off the bat, I understand probably as well as anyone in this industry, the level of skepticism and yeah, I've heard that before. Right. So we're in the, look, proof, proof is in the, in the dumb food, right? Go to our website, you can download the agent and you can run it. And yep. so we're not, it's free, you know? And, and, and so that is the only way that you're going to get past um, the, 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 the skepticism that's out there. But once you do it, it's, it's as easy as that. Right. And you, you're up and running and, less than 10 minutes and you're seeing what this produces. And so yeah. I, I mean, of course, immediately, Mark, I think, what is somebody going to ask about? Okay, I need this running 24 seven. How do I update? Talk to me about how I keep it resilient and, you know, achieve the at least five nines or what, you know what I mean? Because sure. when you start, when you, I mean, come on, you know, man, Putting something on every laptop, uh, obviously it's more expensive, but the impact to the business is not nearly as severe, right? Yeah, 
mean, yeah. if, if something mucks up with an agent that Spider Bat has uh, got on my 50, 100, 5,000 servers, yeah. I'm in deep yogurt, right? You know, um, nobody understands that probably better than I do. We used to build these inline boxes that yeah. could take down your network. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, I and ran into all that same, you know, well, what about this? What about that? Look, that's right. And so you got to have uh, probably the, the, the what I'm most proud of at Spider-Bat is our team. We've got this seasoned group of absolute professionals that have built this product. And and, and there's really no other answer. Um, that's, that's how you get there. Um, we released the product um, in September of last year. Um, it's been rock solid. Um, and so, you know, the shift that we're creating is, is what we're, what we call traces, right? we we move away from the alert model, yep. which has so many consequences associated with it, which destroy companies in terms of the cost of, of, of the, of the number of alerts, the expertise that you need to chase them down, the workload that a, an alert generates, that model is broken. What I think about, Mark, is I think about you and I out camping. And we hear an explosion or a sound that's an explosion. But we don't know if it's dynamite, a gunshot, uh, a volcano blew off. I mean, but we respond as if it's all of those. That's right. You have to. Until you know what it is. And exactly. Until you know what it is. And I completely agree with you. I think it's one of the real fundamental corners we've painted ourselves into with this. Because now at this scale, when you go look at a traditional uh, tool that looks at, for example, visualizes everything that's touching an S3 bucket. I mean, right now it's, Got, it does nothing for me unless you can start to uh, put context and, and reason and uh, clarity and, and precision to what I'm trying to find. Otherwise, it's just overwhelming. And I think that's what a lot of SOC, cloud SOC analysts are dealing with, right? Exactly. I mean, that pain point is massive. There's two huge values that we bring to the table with this notion of, of traces, right? The first one is, what do you actually alert on? So we don't alert on alerts, right? Because those are points in time. Those are, um, you know, symptoms of something, yep. just as you, as you um, illustrated there. I am only going to bring your attention to something when an entire sequence of things, a collection of these different indicators comes together in the form of a trace, right? Yep. So I take out all these false positives. There's no need to chase something that has no causal effect. Yep. I immediately can eliminate those, right? It, you know, the, the thing that's different in the detection game is when you're only detecting things that you would want to actually alert somebody on. You're going to downplay all the, the, the noisy stuff. If you're not doing that anymore yeah. and you're, it's just context of a trace, 
I actually want to know about failed logins. I actually want to know about these little. Oh, that was a a, a, a change mod on a on a you know on a file. That's sort of you know unusual. Um, who am I? I mean, who does that? Right? I'm not going to wake you up for that. But it's right. part of the color of the trace, yep. and then the the score of this trace goes up. So instead of thousands of alerts, we're talking tens of traces. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a massive shift in terms of volume that you're looking. The second value proposition is rather than now grabbing that alert and going into the logs and doing your thing, which yeah. only the world class experts can even handle. Right? That's why there's such a shortage. Such a short because this is the model that everyone does it today, right? And this is what we ultimately—you've arrived, Mark. You're the best we got. I need you to comb through our logs from last week. Yeah, <laughs> and do as many as you can until we can't, and then you know what? We'll just call that a good day, right? Yeah. And it's our best effort. Well, rather than that, we give you the trace, and when you give you the trace. You can see exactly what happened. You're at some moment in time, right? And this is not a forensic exercise, okay? We are talking real time. The attacker is now here. And in the next minute, they're here. And then the next minute, they're here. And you're watching. It's like you're on their shoulder watching them traverse this graph. Mm. And you can see exactly where they came from. It was a compromised credential. Then they move laterally across two machines. What caused that? What caused that? What caused that? You got it. And so now right away, number one, I know this is real. It's live. It's happening. Number two, I can see exactly what has happened so far and how to stop them. So I stop them now. I can, you know, kill the process, quarantine machine, do whatever I need to do. But I can also look back and say, hey, look at that. There was a back door that they installed two machines ago. Mm-hmm. There's this, this information that perhaps we didn't detect mm-hmm. that I can clean up the entire thing without playing some whack-a-mole game. Right. Of, oh, I thought it was this and I removed that piece of malware. We're also not looking at a snippet of time. We're recording, right, weeks, months. This, is, this can go way back in sure. time and see the entire journey that may have not been detected. Because APTs, man. I mean, got we, you got it. We, we, we know from experience that uh, sometimes they, they will take months and months before they get all propped up, set up, ready to go with every sniper in the right place uh, in order to take the hill, right? That's right. You're talking dwell times of you know months. Yeah. And the longer the dwell time, of course, the, the harder the you know, investigation and the harder the cleanup. So we want to shorten all that stuff to get at it right away um, and and protect, you know, your Linux runtime, you know, systems that that's our aim. So it's includes the detection piece, but it's also how do you clean this thing up? How do you address it? How do you investigate it? What is the human, you know, operations component of the of this new world? Right. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I think one of the things that's really exciting about now, Mark, and I think your obvious tenure and history, I think you can, uh, you'll, you'll agree, we're, we've, we've arrived at a perfect storm in terms of the, what I call, you know, those three legs in the stool, bandwidth, ubiquitous connectivity, and compute. I mean, come on, man. I know. You know, the first Mac I sold, I remember to, to, to Warehouser, you know, it had, 
I, I, well, to the engineers that had 512K, but had one megabyte of RAM, one megabyte. And this is like, I don't even remember how many uh, gigabytes it is. I think it's, you know, it's a lot, six, yeah. whatever it is. I, I mean, it's kooky. Yeah. It's got its consequences, finding pictures. <laughs> I mean, but the the point is, we can. St- I, I've often suggested that we can. We're at a point where we can kind of reimagine things. Yeah. Ubiquitous connectivity, always on twenty four seven with bandwidth. Always with high compute capability. That combination, I mean, I just think there's a lot of really amazing potentials to just rethink things differently, right? Uh, and and this certainly sounds like one of those... Re- I, I mean, I love that about the whole story of you know, it sounds like what IBM really taught you is that uh, failing is okay. What's Absolutely. more important is thinking of what's possible. Look, life is short, man, not to get too philosophical, but you want to do something that has an impact, right, that matters. And, you know, it starts with having the imagination of something that's really radically different. And, again, I know our industry is full of, of you know, overpromise and, and, you know, under-deliver, but... Um, the proof's in the pudding. And if you have the, you know, the, the, the guts, right, to think big like that and then go build it, that's how you shift things, right? And Exactly right, man. And it's going to take a while, I know, because people are going to be skeptical. Um, but I'm telling you, once they try it, it's an eye-opening experience. And boy, is that rewarding, right, for us. This, that, that in and of itself is, is the game. Um, that's that's, that's got to be real similar to... Getting the PO for that customer that you know the the guy just wouldn't allow anything in line, oh. uh, right? You know what I mean? I mean when you when you when you demonstrate, you don't lose packets. When you demonstrate, you can work at wire speeds. Back then, that was different than it is today, but still, it's relative, right? I mean, it's relative. Um, I think that that's that's a, a tremendous victory. And I mean, come on, Mark. No one can deny the impact and role uh, Tipping Point certainly had in the early days of this yeah. uh, evolution of cybersecurity compared to you know where we are today. For sure, I mean that's awesome. So uh, you know, I think I I think you know agent ends up kind of being a dirty word sometimes, right? Especially in the cloud. You hear that all the time, um, and, and I think uh, if there's clear and unequivocal justification and demonstrable proof that the value far outweighs the "let me steal a CPU" cycle, right? Yeah. Uh, that's what it, it comes down to. I mean, it's, we it's we've, we've seen this. Like, I mean, come on, right? What do you yeah. you want me to put my data in Dropbox? You want me? What do you mean in 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 a in the cloud? Yeah, you know uh, things change, right? It's actually one of the most exciting things, right? This petri dish that we call cyber that you certainly 
you know, I was fortunate. I was a, a selling fishing tackle and knives. A guy buys a computer. We open up an Apple dealership in 1983. Wow. I couldn't spell computer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so, but that's when my journey started in this industry. And so it's so awesome. And this is something that I've said before, Mark. Let me see if you agree. One of the, if not the most exciting things about this industry overall is no matter when you get in, yeah. you're getting in at the beginning of something. Boy, you know, I go to the bus stop, right? And, and parents are always asking me, um, so when are we going to be finally secure on all this stuff? When is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I say to them, you're talking to the wrong guy because, um, you know, it's just a journey, right? That's never right. As, as far as I can see it, and it's a cat and mouse, but we have to make significant changes, right? That's the only way we're going to make the kind of progress that we need to make. And yeah, I mean, it's it starts with reimagining these things and um, then going for it, right? And so I'm look, sitting here happily looking at a $350,000 PO on my um, computer. Oh. Yeah, I mean, we've we've been celebrating a little bit. Uh, that's, Good that's, on you, man. That's outstanding. I, I know you, that's what's so exciting about startup environment, right? You yeah. ring the bell, you know, I mean, everybody in the company is just on fire. Uh, and, you know, if you were part of a multi-billion dollar company, you know, and you had a 350000 right? This is Innovator's Dilemma, right? I mean, if you've ever read that book, Absolutely. I mean, you know, this is, innov- this is, this is the a quintessential example in, in Innovator's Dilemma. Uh, and so, but good on you, man. That is just outstanding. I think that's really, really terrific. And it's exciting yeah. uh, that that you're doing something that, you know, maybe will change the world again, uh, because certainly you've done it. And, you know, you mentioned something, and this is what I think of, Mark, you know, in the context of cybersecurity, which is really what we're all trying to do keep things protected it is ongoing i would answer that uh, bus stop question with well you start counting now and the next time i see it tell me how high you got and when you when you stopped when you ran out of numbers <laughs> right <laughs> it's a never right it's a never right um but but in that whole notion of you know cyber security um one of the challenges is that we're up against some pretty serious and formidable foes, right? Yeah. Um, and I think of, what I think of is I think of warfare. And I think of strides in advances that create a delta, a differentiator between you and your opponent. Yeah. Like tanks when they first came out, like airplanes when we first had guns on airplanes, like submarines, right? And in each of those instances, the first that had it, I believe, had an advantage until the other got that same capability. Um, And I think that's the type of that's the way we need to think of how can we leap ahead and it sounds like spider bat is definitely 
in that mindset where how can we how can we have this significant i've got a tank and they've never seen one let's clean up right uh it it, that kind of evolution i think we're going to continue to see but it takes a different way of looking at solving the problem right yeah and you know i every CISO that's out there right has that same challenge of trying to balance the cost to risk and make their case. And, yep. and often, unfortunately, that case doesn't become credible until there's an incident. Right. That's just the, the nature of the, of, the, of the game we've been in. But just everything you point out, right, at what point can you say, look, let's stop just incrementally doing what we've been doing. Just pause for a minute and right. think if, I mean, all we're putting out there is, well, just imagine that this is possible. Try it for yourself right. and then think of all the changes that it's going to generate. The DevOps world, right, which is the, you know, the, this group that moves super fast, that is, is, is very aggressive in, in the way they, they approach it. They'll grab a tool when it helps them do their job, right? How do you bring the, the DevOps world and the, and the security world, the sort of, you know, DevSecOps you know, group together? Well, you better give them something that they can run on the, their machines that runs as fast as the other stuff, doesn't impact their performance and all that good stuff, but gives them a level of visibility. Mm-hmm. When there's a security you know, incident or something happening that shouldn't be happening, they can immediately see what's yeah. going on and take ownership for it. That's the runtime environment. And and we think that's the other convergence here that's happening is this, as the security and DevOps group come together, we're right at that you know, intersect point. Um, and it's, it, it's that innovation that's going to, you know, provide a, a, pl- a foundation for them to do a lot of other things because configuration errors, all kinds of things that are pr- potentially non-security related are also Im- immensely amplified and assisted by this type of foundation. Yep. Yep. No, I, I think it's brilliant. And, you know, your comment is what it sounds like you're doing is you're, you're, you're also shifting left with the uh, uh, capabilities of Spider-Bat that is aligned with how that far left, not any political connotation at all in the DevSec world, DevOps world, how that, that far left likes to ride, right? You, you know, and I think at 10 speed, they're in first gear, baby. They're, yeah. They're just, you know what I mean? They're burning and they don't want anything that's going to uh, uh, make that harder, shift it into fifth gear you know, in yeah. the context of, you know what I'm talking about, if you've ridden a 10 speed, right? Exactly. Security at the speed of cloud, right? Because they can't afford that manual investigation exercise anymore. That That is just antique. Yeah. And so how do you automate a whole bunch of that, which is what Spider-Bat's doing. It's automating a much more accurate detection with a trace versus an alert. Yeah. And it's giving you the trace from an investigative standpoint to give you exactly what happened. That's all automated, right? So it changes changes the game to yeah. match what's happening in, in the cloud environment. That's very cool, man. I mean, really, really is very exciting. And I love, again, how reimagining how you can how you can solve this constant and I suspect never ending challenge and that's security. But I would suspect that Spider-Bat's gonna help me mitigate 
getting away with a misconfiguration too early, right? Because that's where the problem is, right? The problem is when that gets out and then the CSPM tools say, hey, we got 693 buckets that are unencrypted or whatever. I'm just oversimplifying, right? Yeah. It's being able to implement all of that uh, control, uh, 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 proper configuration, all those things earlier. Yes. It sounds like that's where you guys are trying to solve the problem. Absolutely. Absolute exact use case. In fact, one of our customers recently went through. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's really, really cool. So, I, I mean, I guess this goes without saying, Mark, but I could talk to you for hours. I mean, <laughs> I, I could. I could just tell. Uh, it's really exciting. This industry is exciting, and it's really fun to talk to somebody that's made such a significant impression, not only on the industry, but on some of the tools that are getting used. So thanks, man. It's great to meet you. I owe a Vencat uh, a huge thank you for the introduction. So I really I want to thank you sincerely for being on the program and taking so much time with me today. Well, Grant, thank you. And uh, honestly, it's been uh, a lot of fun. And um, it's an honor again. Thank you. Yep. Great to have you. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be episode 40, I believe. And I'll edit that out if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty certain of it. And I'm so honored to have had a chance to talk to a godfather of the industry, man. I mean, in, certainly in the cyber world, you, we all know about tipping points. So, really, really cool to have a chance to talk with Mark. Again, Mark, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, if you like what you're hearing, I hope you'll like it, share it, tell your friends about it, subscribe, and make sure you come back. We'll look forward to having you back on the next episode of Talking Cloud. Thanks so much. Yeah.